welcome back to the emergency goalies. And, well, things are getting interesting for the Blackhawks. Um, we played three games of the qualifying series, whatever you want to call it. And the Blackhawks are winning. They're up two games to one. They uh, played three pretty eventful games. So I guess we'll go to a recap. Um, you want to start, Michael? Sure. Uh, the first game was a pretty exciting one. The Blackhawks and the Oilers kind of played the way we thought might happen and that it was a wide open uh, not a lot of defense, uh, letting the skilled players uh, show their stuff, and uh, it was it was just a lot of fun. It was a, it was a nice way to to kick off the the renewal of the hockey season, um, and the you know the big storyline out of the game was of course Dominic Kubalik with a five point night, two goals, three assists. Uh, that line with Jonathan Taves and Brandon Saad was pretty dominant most of the night. Uh, Taves also finished with a couple of goals and added an assist. Uh, Saad was one and one. And yeah, uh, it, it, it was a pretty good night for, for all of the forwards for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> there were a couple of times where the fourth line struggled against the Oilers top guys, but you know they're not going to be perfect against those guys. Um, the Strom, Nylander, Kane line uh, had a couple of rough shifts early on, but I thought they settled in pretty nice. Dylan Strom was pretty dangerous when he had the puck on his stick. Nylander had a <clears throat> um, a couple of uh, uh, really effective shifts as the game went along. Um, and, and the there, defense, you know, I was you know, gonna deep. say. Oh, go ahead. A couple other things, you know, we expected penalty kill struggled. The yes. Oilers, but the Blackhawks had an effective penalty or power play, at exactly. least in this, which would not last. But right. In this right. Game, they had a good power play. Yeah, it was definitely uh, uh, a big storyline as well throughout this game was. Uh, it seemed like every time the Blackhawks were were going to pull away from them, the Oilers uh, got a power play and they converted on it, and they were just as dangerous as we expected them to be. You know, this is a team that converted nearly 30% of their power plays during the regular season. We had talked about it in the preview where you know a, a historically good power play and we got a chance to see why in that first game where, um, you know, they, they just got, they move the puck so well, all of their guys are, are, are dangerous. They can all shoot the puck and yeah, it really kept the Oilers in the game. But like you said, the Hawks were pretty good on the power play as well. They, they switched up their personnel from what we saw during the regular season. Kirby doc got promoted to that top power play unit and, at least for one night, it seemed to function well. Um, it was, you know, nothing quite as uh, um, dangerous as the Oilers, but 
they looked like a competent NHL power play for the first time in a long time. Uh, however, all of these positives that we are talking about in game yeah. one pretty much evaporated I, in game two. <laughs> I, I will cover game two. Yeah. The um, so, Connor McDavid was not pleased, clearly, with the first game. Because he scored two goals immediately on game two. He was a man possessed. All over the ice. Scored a hat trick. I mean, it was sight well, to behold. And it's not like he was bad in game one. He was no. also he also showed very well in that game. It's just his the rest of his teammates didn't uh, didn't show up. Uh, but yeah, the uh, like you said, uh, he was motivated. It seemed like the rest of his team was motivated because they pretty much just dominated the Hawks for and, um, good stretches of the game. But of course, they shot out to a three one lead. But the Blackhawks did fight back in this game. Um, Slater, Cuckoo, and Olimata both scored exactly what you thought would score um, to tie the game at three. And you were thinking, well, they didn't play very good, but they've tied the score. Well, Connor McDavid got his third goal on the power play. And then in the third period, things were going, I guess you'd say okay, but Corey Crawford misplayed a puck behind the net, set up an easy goal for James Neal. And after that, the the balloon just completely deflated for the Blackhawks. Yeah. Not very much of an effort down the stretch, and it was a, five, a 6-3 defeat for the Blackhawks. Yeah, and they kind of became a... Um... You know, they really shortened up the bench. Uh, the, the the positives that we saw from Dylan Strom and Alex Nylander in that first game evaporated. Those two were horrid um, mm-hmm. in the second game. And both of them essentially got benched for for decent stretches. Uh, Strom finished a minus four. Nylander finished a minus three. Um, I mean, Strom looked like he was moving with cement blocks on his feet. Nylander was um, back to being tentative and just struggling even to control the puck. And uh, they got pulled off of the line with Patrick Kane, uh, Kirby Doc, and um, uh, Alex Dabrinkit got promoted uh, to the second line with Kane. And that, that sh- the, the Strom Nylander... And then I'm, I don't know what Jeremy Colleton was thinking, putting John Quenville in the, into the lineup yeah. in place of Drake Kajula, who had been suspended. Um, didn't make any sense. Didn't make any sense. And it uh, that essentially became the fourth line. And they were just they were sheltered as much as possible, but they were still bleeding chances to the Oilers. Um, so that was a very discouraging so, uh, thing because that first game it was nice yeah. they were rolling four lines but in that second game they couldn't do it well i was going to ask you what are your thoughts on um crawford in that the end of game two just i thought he, he was bad yeah he, he didn't was look bad. good yeah he was uh he was fighting the puck uh he he didn't look like he was uh keeping his net very well and then obviously the the mishandle um while playing the puck 
you know, I, I do say, uh, you know, w- one thing we should note about the second game and um, then last night's game is these were the 930 games. These were the third game on that ice during the day, during that day. So the ice was bad. Um, you know, we saw a lot of instances of the puck bouncing around. And I do wonder if that, you know, maybe has more of an effect on the goalies as well, where it's just a little harder for them to play the puck. But, um, yeah, it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't a great effort from Crawford. Um, you know, he was pretty solid in game one, which is pretty amazing given, uh, his, you know, lack of, uh, training camp time. Uh, but yeah, he definitely looked rusty in game two, but, uh, yeah, it just, you know, it wasn't the Blackhawks night. The Oilers were motivated, like you said, and the Blackhawks just, they were not ready to match their intensity. Um, you know, I, I, we called out a couple of the guys that played the worst, but really nobody played well. I wouldn't say Mm -hmm. it was, it was just, it was a pretty flat effort and Colleton was pretty unhappy with it in, in the post game. And I, I, I feel like the players felt the same, um, that they were, that they were not happy with their own effort. And so it was good to see them, um, kind of respond last night because I, I do feel like the team as a whole played a lot better. Mm-hmm. And obviously the results would end up matching it in the end, but, for the most, uh, for for you know, a lot of the game, mm-hmm. um, you know, the the I, I felt like last night the Blackhawks kind of carried the play, mm-hmm. and you know they did get up two one after the first period, but uh, you know the Oilers came back and scored two goals in the second period, despite the fact that I you know I didn't really feel like it you know like the the tide had really turned in the Oilers favor Mm -hmm. I felt like it was a pretty evenly matched game perhaps even uh edging towards the Blackhawks in terms of play through for for, Mm -hmm. through two periods but um you know obviously the uh Connor McDavid scored a big power play goal late in the second uh which gave the Oilers the lead and for a long time in that third period, it looked like um, the Oilers might be able to hold on to that lead um, as they kind of they, they tightened down pretty well defensively. Mm-hmm. I felt like for a while there, the, the Hawks weren't getting a lot of chances. But um, as the third period um, wound down and the Blackhawks really started to push a little more, um, then you started seeing. Uh, a few more holes open up, but really I think the big difference in game three was Koskinen just wasn't good. He was Mm -hmm. not good all night. Um, The, he was giving up second chances. He was scrambling in his net. Um, He lost his net a few different times Mm -hmm. where, um, you know, he was on one side, the puck would go to the other and he would like spin around the wrong way. And it would take him for forever to move from side to side. The one where um, Taves at the post, where he right. completely lost it, but yeah. and Taves at the inside of the post. Yeah, and yeah, there were a couple of incidents like that where he just he wasn't he wasn't seeing the puck well, and then he wasn't moving well side to side. But his defensemen were doing a good job of clearing out those second chance op, uh, um, opportunities, 
or at least holding the Blackhawks up enough to prevent them from from tapping those those loose pucks home. But finally, late in that third period, the Hawks put on enough pressure and they were crashing the net hard enough where um, you know some of this stuff would finally uh, kind of went in their favor. And really, um, you know, uh, both of the goals. Um, the Matthew Highmore goal to tie it, you know, again, again was kind of generated off of um, plays from the back end by Olimata and Slater Cuckoo. And then the Jonathan Taves goal that would prove to be the game winner with uh, less than two minutes to play um, was a tip in off of a Connor Murphy shot from the point where it actually went off of the Edmonton defenseman's stick. And then I, it, it looks like it maybe barely clay grazed Taves's knee. I mean, Taves didn't get mm-hmm. a stick on it at all, but the, the, the goal was credited to him. But again, a nice, a nice play from the defenseman to actually get a shot through. And that was a big thing. And so, you know, Koskinen did give up two late goals, but mm-hmm. I, I didn't feel like those were two goals that were necessarily on him. Whereas I think through the first two periods, he was really struggling and kind of got bailed out a couple of times. Well, we should uh, tell the redemption of Matthew Highmore because yes. the Oilers tying goal uh, to tie it at two, two came on a just a brutal turnover. Yes. By Highmore in the zone. Yeah, he, he went to pass, banned on the shot, banned on the pass. Puck went right to the Oilers, <laughs> and ten seconds later, is in the back of the net. So it was big for him to get this goal later and you know redeem himself for his early yeah. mistake. Yeah, and he had also made. Uh, um, it, it wasn't uh, a turnover that was on him, but he put Olimana into a difficult position behind his own net um, uh, earlier in the game as well. That that ended up leading to an Oilers goal when Mata and, and Cuckoo kind of, um, they had pressure on them and um, it didn't, it, they weren't able to get the puck out. And so, yeah, not only was Matthew Highmore able to redeem himself, but Mata had already scored earlier in the game, and then Mata and Cuckoo were a part of that. Um, they both got uh, assists on the Highmore goal later. So, uh, you know, both of those, you know, we, we're seeing a lot where that fourth line was getting matched up against uh, the Oilers' top lines um, quite frequently, and the Mata-Cuckoo pairing is actually getting a decent amount of time against them as well. So that's definitely a matchup that, um, Colleton has been seeking out and yeah, I mean, there's been a couple of bumps in the road, you know, the, the, the high more turnover was the most glaring, but, uh, you know, there, there's a couple of times where, you know, the Oilers top guys are getting chances, but, um, I thought David camp played a really good game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought he neutralized Connor McDavid quite a bit. Um, McDavid's one goal came on the power play, not, on five on five. Um, I didn't, I really didn't think, uh, uh, McDavid got free very much five on Mm -hmm. five. And I think a lot of that credit goes to camp. And so, yeah, he wasn't the guy that, you know, figured in any of the points, whereas Highmore did, but 
I, I felt like camp was actually kind of the, 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 the key cog in that line and, yeah. and led to a lot of their success. So I think he deserves a call out. And then uh, Dylan Strom and Alex Nylander, who again, essentially formed uh, a, a, the fourth line for parts of the game. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, Drake Kajula returned to the lineup, but I felt like both of those guys played better. Um, it wasn't great by any stretch of the imagination. They didn't really threaten the Oilers offensively that much, but they weren't a disaster defensively either. They mm-hmm. were they were kind of neutral, which is which is fine out of your third fourth line. Um, uh, we should also mention um, ice time leader Kirby Doc with twenty three yes. minutes of ice time. Yeah, nice. I mean he's uh, he's on both. Uh, special teams units at this point. He's on the, the top power play line, and he's also been inserted, getting some penalty kill minutes. And then, yeah, I, he's also Patrick Kane center at this point. So he's going to get a lot of ice time, and he's earning it. Uh, there was the one scary moment where he got hip-checked, and mm-hmm. it looked like he might have uh, 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 tweaked his, his hip or his knee. Yeah. Uh, his knee kind of whipped around, but didn't miss a shift. And... Uh, I didn't think he was quite as effective after that point, so I don't know if maybe, you know, he was sore enough, or th- there is p- potential for a little bit of an injury there. Um, but he still played well after that, and yeah. um, so I, that's definitely something I'll, I'm going to kind of monitor in the next game. Is just kind of watch how yeah, well Doc is actually is actually moving around to see if he's trying to play through an injury or not, but. Yeah, I, I thought it was a fairly solid effort all around. It was very similar to game one, uh, minus uh, the penalty kill struggles. I, I do feel like the Blackhawks played better on the PK in this one. Um, they 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 weren't shorthanded quite as often, which is um, definitely a, a a bonus in that regard. Well, yeah, very sloppy by the uh, Oilers too. That. Yeah, they had a, a couple of penalties. bad penalties by them. Just just really dumb penalties. Um, but, yeah, the Blackhawks' power play, after showing well in that first game, has really kind of dried up and and uh, become much more stationary, much more like we've seen from them in the past. Um, the, the one positive I'll say is they don't seem to be having the same issues with uh, gaining the blue line. Yes. Uh, that we've seen at their worst, um, you know, where they're not even able to establish time in the offensive zone during. Oh, no, they've been in the zone, yeah. Yeah, they're they're, the they're getting in there. Time. They're just yeah. We saw a couple of instances where it went back to Patrick Kane standing with the puck on the half boards and everybody else just standing around waiting for him to do something. And that's that's not a good way to for your power play to act and it's not going to, you know, be effective. We've seen that over and over and over and over. Um, and we need to get back to what we were doing in game one. Uh, Although I will add, uh, this might be, I might even consider it a good sign for the Blackhawks, but Patrick Kane has not really done anything. Yeah. Serious. Yeah, um, I mean, he's been dangerous at a few points, and he's he's driving some possession a little bit, but you know, he's not figuring in the point on the on the point sheet. But this team is still scoring a lot of goals, and like you said, that's a good thing. And 
as clutch as Patrick Kane has been over the years, you got to figure at some point this is going to turn around for him and he's going to come up with a big game uh, or at least a big goal. And yes. that, that bodes well for the Blackhawks heading into the potential series clinchers here. All right, so I guess we can get into that a little bit. You feel pretty good about the Blackhawks' ability to win one of these last two games? I do. I do. Um, I've, uh, I have I think I made my opinion uh, pretty clear in the uh, – um, as we kind of went into this, that I, f- I do feel like the Blackhawks are the better five-on-five team, especially um, given uh, Crawford's goaltending ability. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the one caveat was, obviously, I, you know, who knew how Crawford was going to perform with so little mm-hmm. practice time? And it, that's really only seemed to affect them much in, in one of the games. Although, honestly, Crawford wasn't great in game one either, but no. thankfully... Um, the Oilers just really weren't ready to play. But he, um, he was better in game three. He was definitely better in game three. He looked he looked like Corey Crawford in game three. Mm-hmm. So I think that bodes well. And, uh, it, yeah, just stay out of the penalty box. Stay out of the penalty mm-hmm. box. And I don't think that the Oilers can beat the Blackhawks. That's uh, at least not twice in a row. If you limit the penalty minutes in these next two games, I, I think the Hawks are going to walk away as the victors in this series. Yeah. You know, we do know the, the game time for the Friday night, uh, contest. Uh, it's going to be a five forty five game, which mm-hmm. yay us. I really yeah. struggled with those nine thirty <laughs> starts to these yeah. games. Um, yeah, with my work schedule and, mm-hmm. um, writing schedule, I, I have to get up early and nine thirty yeah. game starts just do not work for me. So very few- glad few people that uh didn't get to see the final period of that game so yeah yeah uh so yeah i'm looking forward hopefully they can wrap it up on friday (laughs) Uh, if they don't they will be playing saturday the game time for that has not been announced as of our recording of this (laughs) but hopefully we'll never need to know and the blackhawks can just win it in four games well we know the blackhawks of old would always close out this game, but we don't know about the new version. Right, right. Gotta gotta stay out of the penalty box. Got to move your feet. Uh, you can't can't play like game two. This is your opportunity. Uh, you gotta close it out. Close it out now. Yeah. This is some exciting stuff. Mm-hmm. And sure, you know, uh, at this point, I've. I've given up any hopes of the, the number one pick or even the top mm-hmm. ten pick at this point because, like I like I said, I do I do imagine the black or I do envision the Blackhawks winning this series, mm-hmm. uh, and yeah, that is what it is. Um, but uh, I've I've also said many times I'm never going to going to complain about playoff hockey. So that's right. I will be I will be rooting for the Blackhawks. Yep, and we um, we will be back. After the series at some point. Yep. Maybe before. Hopefully previewing the next one. That's right. But um, on Twitter, Michael. MJ underscore Ernst. I'm STH85. You can subscribe on the Apple Podcast app. You can rate and review us. 
But, yeah, we got some playoff hockey, baby. Fun. 